Royman's Product Management Podcast. 10 Tips for Effective Product Management Meetings. Meetings are essential to align the stakeholders and development team members and make the right product decisions. But we've all been stuck in bad meetings that lacked a clear objective, didn't have an agenda, were dominated by a few vocal individuals, started late or overran. Such meetings are unproductive and demotivating. It doesn't have to be this way though. The following 10 tips will help you run productive and focused product management meetings that engage the attendees and help you achieve the desired outcomes. Tip number one, set an objective. Be clear on the reason why the meeting is needed. What's the meeting about? Which outcome do you want to achieve? For example, a product strategy workshop might have the objective to identify the key changes required to achieve product market fit. Contrast this with a sprint review meeting, which might help you determine if users can easily sign up for the product. Without a clear objective, you will struggle to understand what needs to be achieved, who needs to attend, and how you can effectively structure the meeting. Tip number two, involve the right people. Carefully consider who should participate in the meeting to achieve the objective you have set. For product strategy and roadmap meetings, I recommend involving the key stakeholders, for example, someone from sales, marketing, support and finance, as well as development team representatives, ideally members who know about the user experience, architecture and technologies. But for sprint review meetings, you may also want to invite selected users and customers to collect their feedback. As a rule of thumb, avoid meetings with more than 10 attendees when you have to make high impact decisions and or rework the product strategy, product roadmap or product backlog. I find that engagement tends to decline when the group grows significantly larger and reaching agreement becomes harder. Consequently, you often have to run longer meetings and this can make it harder for people to free up the necessary time and attend those meetings. Tip number three, have the right input available. Make sure that the relevant data is available prior to the meeting. Which input you need will depend on the meeting type and its objective. Here are three meetings with sample input data. First, a product strategy workshop. Uh, for such a workshop, you may need product performance data, KPIs, competitive analysis, market trends, development progress for example, in form of a release burndown chart and the user feedback on recent product increments. Now, this assumes that you review and update the strategy and roadmap together, which is an approach that I find very useful and I'd like to encourage. And for a sprint planning meeting, uh, you may need uh, the product goal, prioritize product backlog with enough ready items, development team capacity for the next sprint, or alternatively, the velocity, and any action items from the last sprint retrospective. And then the third example would be the sprint review meeting uh, for which you may need the sprint goal, product increment, definition of done, and a release burndown chart. Consider sharing the input beforehand when you run a strategy workshop so that people can prepare for the meeting and this can speed up the decision-making process and lead to better decisions. Tip number four, prepare an agenda. 
Decide how you want to structure the meeting and determine the steps you will have to take to achieve the objective. For example, for a strategy workshop, you might want to choose the following agenda. First, welcome and checking in. Second, state the objective and agenda. Third, discuss product performance data, KPIs, competitive analysis and market trends. Fourth, assess the product strategy and adjust it if that's necessary. Fifth, discuss development progress and user feedback on the latest product increments. Sixth, review and adjust the product roadmap. Check potential impact on the product strategy. And seventh, close the meeting. Don't forget to allocate time for each agenda item and to add one or more breaks to the agenda if the meeting lasts longer than one hour. Share the agenda together with the objective in the meeting invite so that the attendees know what will happen in the meeting. Tip number five, make time to check in. Reserve some time at the beginning of the meeting to check in to allow people to casually touch base and reconnect. One way to do this is to ask the attendees to briefly answer the following two questions. First, how am I feeling right now? And second, why am I feeling this way? While you might be tempted to skip checking in in order to save time and get more done, this is usually a bad idea, especially in an online setting where it's much harder for people to socialize and engage in a chat. Setting aside five minutes to check in shows the attendees that you are interested in how they're doing. It makes people feel valued and it encourages everyone to contribute to the meeting right from the start. This can increase psychological safety, boost productivity and lead to better decisions. To put it differently, if you don't check in, you might actually slow down the progress and achieve poorer results. Tip number six, user facilitator. It can be challenging to get everyone to engage in a meeting in the right way. Some individuals may find it hard to stop talking. Others may be shy and reluctant to contribute and senior stakeholders may expect that their suggestions are followed by everyone. Additionally, as the person in charge of the product, you typically have to contribute to the meeting, share your expertise and actively shape product decisions. I therefore recommend using a dedicated, skilled facilitator. This might be your scrum master or an agile coach. The facilitator should carry out the following five tasks. Start and end the meeting on time. Introduce ground rules and remind the participants to follow them. Encourage people to engage in the meeting and to fully participate. Ensure that everybody is heard and that nobody dominates. Help the attendees reach agreement by facilitating the decision-making process. And finally, keep the meeting on track and redirect the conversation if people go off on a tangent. Having a dedicated facilitator is particularly helpful when the attendees haven't successfully worked together and when the meeting takes place online or in hybrid mode. So some people are on-site and some are online or remote. Tip number seven, establish ground rules. Ground rules are guidelines that foster a collaborative mindset, encourage participation and help the participants treat each other respectfully. The following list shares 10 sample rules which are based on my book how to lead in product management always have cameras turned on in online meetings and mute yourself if you don't speak 
Silence phones and other devices disable notifications. Speak from a place of respect for the other attendees and assume good intentions on their part. Refrain from judging and labeling people. Respect differences of opinion and value the diversity of the group members. Listen with an open mind. Be receptive and refrain from making premature judgments. Speak honestly and openly. Always stick to observable facts. Ask questions when you sense misunderstanding or disagreement. Speak up if you have not been participating. Make room for others if you have spoken often. Do not interrupt others. Allow a moment of silence to let the previous speaker's words sink in before the next person speaks. Use reactions in online meetings to signal that you want to say something. And finally, stay present. Do not engage inside conversations and don't answer messages on your electronic devices. Tip number eight, choose a decision rule. Many product management meetings I have attended were working meetings or workshops where product decisions were taken. In such a meeting, it is important to have a clear decision rule. Such a rule states who decides and how you can tell that the decision has been made. And this avoids the risk that a meeting ends and people are confused if a decision was taken or not. Helpful decision rules for product management meetings include unanimity, consent and product person decides after discussion. So let's take a look at those three decision rules in a little bit more detail. Deciding by unanimity means that everyone agrees with the proposed solution and is happy to support it. This creates strong buy-in and shared ownership. On the downside, it can take comparatively long to achieve unanimity. So I recommend that you use this decision rule for high impact decisions like setting a product vision and coming up with a brand new or significantly changed product strategy where you need strong buy-in from the stakeholders and development team members. And consent is the absence of objections. A decision is made when nobody disappro disapproves. So nobody has any meaningful objections. The support the rule creates is not as strong as in the case of unanimity, but it is quicker to achieve and often it's sufficient. So I recommend that you use consent, for example, when working on the product roadmap and when setting sprint goals. And then finally, as its name suggests, product person decides after discussion means that you decide after you have carefully listened to the attendees' ideas and concerns. And uh, this decision rule does allow you to leverage the views and expertise of the participants, but it can result in a comparatively low buy-in. So use this rule when unanimity and consent cannot be achieved or when you are pressed for time. For example, when you have to quickly react to a competitor's move and so you in an emergency situation. Tip number nine, time box the meeting. Allocate a fixed but realistic duration for the meeting. This creates focus and it can make it easier for people to agree to attending the meeting. I find that a quarterly strategy workshop can usually be time boxed to two hours, assuming that the relevant data was shared beforehand. The same tends to be true for the sprint review meeting for a fortnightly sprint. Note that a time box meeting always starts and finishes on time. If you don't manage to get through the agenda and make the necessary decisions, 
then you will have to schedule a follow-up meeting. The time box itself cannot be extended. Don't make the mistake though to rush important decisions. If, for example, you find at the end of a strategy workshop that you are running out of time, then set up a follow-up meeting rather than shortcutting the decision-making process and making a poor decision or not securing the necessary buy-in. And finally, tip number 10, properly close the meeting. Set aside the necessary time to wrap up the meeting and carry out the following three steps without rushing any of them. First, summarize the key decisions made so that everyone is clear what was decided and what has been achieved. Second, capture and assign action items. Clearly state what still needs to be done, who needs to do it, and by when it will have to be done. Consider distributing the action items in a follow-up email. And third, collect feedback. Ask people how valuable and enjoyable the meeting was and if there is anything that could be improved. You might invite every attendee to briefly share their views with the group or you might collect the data via an online feedback form. Don't forget to evaluate the data to make the next meeting even better and even more enjoyable. I hope you found my tips helpful. You can learn more about running effective meetings in product management and generally about successfully guiding stakeholders and development teams by attending my product leadership workshop, which is also available online, and by reading my book, How to Lead in Product Management. Thank you for listening. <laughs>